So another session of uh, guided meditation. And find a posture you can sustain for about 40 minutes. And really what's important for the posture, as we said already several times, is like to have a straight back and to have the, if you sit on a chair, to have your feet flat on the ground. Posture is very important for the body to encourage the mind to, to settle. I'm sure you can notice the difference, how you felt and how your mind was just three, four days ago when you came. There's such much more space now there. Even though the space hasn't been missing before, but we couldn't connect with it probably because we're very much caught up with, you know, getting ready to make space to have this retreat. I mean, some of those uh, flurries and worries are dying down. Then the space and the silence, which was always there, it's revealed. Just was covered over like clouds covering over the sky. Just temporary manifestations. They lack any lasting substance or any core. They are just conditions and causes you know, coming together and changing, constantly changing. And that there's that which knows, which observes, which is aware of the changing phenomena. That's what we call awareness or the knowing or the true nature of the mind or Buddha nature. There are so many different ways of expressing it, pointing to it, because it can't be encapsulated by words. But we can, can taste it, we can be it for one moment at a time. Whenever we are not caught up in the thinking mind, we have a taste of it.
you know, this tapping into awareness, you know, this is just a continued training, you know, which we we do and that you know results in a purification of of the habitual thought patterns which we have been enacting for a long, long time. So anytime we step out of those patterns and recognize awareness, become conscious of awareness, become aware of awareness, every time we do that, it's a step towards deconditioning those old grooves of habitual ways of thinking. Just one bite at a time. Relentlessly. That's the quality we need to develop, that uh, patient endurance. To just not give up, to come back to it again and again and again. That was really, you know, is what liberates the mind. Because when you do that, over time it starts to dawn on us, you know, that those patterns, they actually are not permanent. We can change them. That's really the essence of the practice is that. And around it, you know, there's many skillful means arranged, you know, many skillful forms to keep us inspired, to keep us encouraged, to keep us energized. Pujas and mantras and prayers and precepts and so many different skillful means to keep us going because it's easy to lose track. That's why we, you know, where we are, where we are, because we have lost track of our true nature. And this uh, meditation is a way to recognize it again and again and again and again until it's fully realized, which is enlightenment. And we are all on the right track, so to say, by doing these exercises, very simple, but we have to keep on doing them. Going against the grain of habitual thought patterns that is kind of unpleasant sometimes. And it you know, all of the underlying suppressed feelings, emotions, 
they are released, you know, because we hold them in place by thinking. When we stop thinking a certain way, something just comes up from underneath. And then we have to feel it. And that often sends us back into unconsciousness again, forgetting, because we don't have the capacity. We think we can't feel this, this is too much. But actually it's just a temporary occurrence. It isn't too much. Because those bodies, you know, they are equipped for that. That's why we have them. They're there for feeling and all the other, you know, senses. That's just another karmic uh, situation we find ourselves in as sentient beings. And we, you know, need to go through that experience. There's no escape from that experience. We can only drag it out. I like very much Annie Pema Children's one, uh, one of her books is called The Wisdom of No Escape. That's exactly how it is. Because, you know, once we put down this resistance, because we realize the wisdom of no escape, then we can use all our experiences for growth. Because that's how it is. And then you know, our capacity to rest in the true nature of the mind, you know, to be aware of awareness, to be conscious of awareness, to link into awareness, however you want to call it, it becomes greater, becomes easier. And then we can use, you know, whatever happens, we can use it to open us up rather than to shut down around it into identification. And to open us up into non-separation. And then the identity starts to, you know, shift away from the personality something much greater than that. Our true inheritance, our true nature. Which is always already here, we just lose track. This, and this meditation that brings us back on track one moment at a time whenever we remember 
And listening to the silence is a way, you know, how we can uh, point the mind in the right direction. The silence behind phenomena, the silence behind all objects. We can connect with that. Then, you know, over time we start to kind of get an intuitive sense of that, uh, the fullness of that emptiness, the silence. There's nothing lacking there. We become more sensitive, we can connect with that. It's like an energetic experience. And some people, you know, recognize a, a, a very high-pitched sound. Others have more kinesthetic recognition, you know, like a subtle vibration. But it's definitely not like dead out there. It's not like a, a lack of something. It's just beyond what the conceptual mind can understand, really. But we can experience it one moment at a time. And every moment, you know, we are in touch with it. It's a moment of so-called purification from old habitual patterns of distracting ourselves. You know, into being somebody, doing something and wanting something, not wanting something. The personality, my identity. And that is needed, you know, in daily life, as we said before, but we don't have to make more out of it than what it is. We need to counterbalance it with something much more real than that, which is awareness, the true nature of our mind, which we can recognize any moment we remember. It's with us, you know, since we are born and even before that. It's like this uh, same koan, I think something about like the, the true face before you were born. That's that. It's a very subtle truth, 
And because of that, if it's not pointed out to us at one time, you know, it's hard to recognize it by oneself. But there have been many, many teachers who have been pointing that out. And it just goes down, you know, the a lineage since the Buddha. You know, from one teacher to his disciple and so on and on. And it has been pointed out in many different religions, not just in Buddhism. Yeah, in some religions it's it's you know identified with a with a old man with a beard in, in the sky. And there's so many different ways, you know, how that energy can be pointed towards. And depending on the maturity of the practitioner, that also very much has an impact. And if we need to make it into something we can relate to for for us, for our level where we are at, and then you know, the more mature we become, the more able we are to let go of needing to have a parent looking after us and we can you know, open up to the way things really are. In the scriptures it's often called like the unconditioned the uncreated, the unmade, the unborn. Because it's difficult to describe it in positive language. So it's described in ways what it is not. What's called the via negativa in the Christian religion. It's not born, it's not created, it doesn't have a beginning, it doesn't have an end. It always already is. You just need to remember it.
in some places are more conducive, you know, for recognizing that, like nature or like sacred spaces, like this one. Even if it's from a different tradition, it still has that quality. It's almost if you have, would have a you know, lid on the, on the top of your head, you open that lid and allow to connect the little brain you know, to something much bigger. Allow the light to come in, invite it in, opening the lid. This high ceiling in this room kind of helps us to intuitively connect with that, that movement of opening. And if you look to the altar, the, the, the Holy Spirit on the top of the ceiling, it's like a... a, a dove or like a bird. That's also in a way of expressing just the same truth. It's just very different from how Buddhists speak about it, but it's the same principle. Allowing the light to come in. Just letting go of all of the worries and flurries and fears and letting it all go out, letting the light come through. And you know, the only sacrifice we have to make for the light to come through is to step out of the habitual thought patterns and you know, link into awareness, become conscious of awareness, become aware of awareness, remembering that. It's like every time you, know, you open the lid and let the light come through, whenever you make that step, and then you again and again and again, and then the ability to rest in awareness, to keep the lid open, increases. It's like when you train yourself in any art or any skill. It's just like that. You know, learning to drive a car, learning to play an instrument, learning a martial art or a sport, anything. 
If you don't put in the hours, it's not gonna happen. It's just like that. Plus, you know, the tolerance of uh, feeling the unresolved feelings which are coming up as part of that process. Just like, you know, if you train yourself in some sport, you have an achy muscles the next day. You put up with that, so you can put up with those feelings too. It's not that difficult, actually. It's getting easier over time. And then the capacity you know, to see the difference between those different phenomena arising and ceasing and that which knows the phenomena, the capacity you know, becomes greater. There's more capacity you know, to rest in the knowing, in the awareness, and just you know, recognize those different phenomena arising and ceasing. And then, of course, we still have to respond in life. We have to do things. We have to not do things. But then that, you know, response comes from a much bigger picture. And it's not a, a knee-jerk reaction, but it's a, a true response. And we'll know the response when we need to know it. And this is something we can learn to trust through experiencing it. And trusting in a much bigger intelligence, which you know, operates since billions of years, since the Big Bang. There's an intelligence which underlies this process. And we can trust in that. It has brought us that far. And even if now we again are going into a bottleneck situation, it looks like with the environmental crisis we are in the midst of, 
it is also an opportunity for for shift and for change and recognizing we have to change our ways it's not for the first time you know that we are in a situation like that We need all our creative intelligence to make that shift. And we don't have another choice anyway. And we can really only open up to this greater knowing by fully touching you know, our human experience, by fully being in touch with the feelings and the sensations, the emotions. Only by fully touching conventional experience can we open up to something much greater. It's not a dangling, you know, above the icky feelings and the scary emotions. It's a fully touching and then opening into something greater, allowing that energy you know, to open us up. It's not like a half-heartedly you know, putting your toe into the water and pulling it back because it's not nice. It's not an escape you know, from the conventional into the transcendental. It's not an escape. It's a support to be more fully present with what is. That's what is important. They belong together, you know, the conventional and the transcendental. And the, the Jesus on the cross, you know, with the Holy Spirit above him, that's just that. He was fully here, you know, and he gone through a lot of awful experiences, looks like, ending up on the cross. But then, you know, there's this light coming through. We don't need to necessarily, you know, be nailed on the cross, I hope. But it's pretty difficult, as it is now anyway. And there's a lot of uh, 
unknowns in front of us. But we are here and we have to open to that. Because if we don't, it's, it's going to be even more difficult. So, you know, recognizing that gives you courage, or gives me courage, and gives me um, a sense of purpose that this practice is really important. It's not just, you know, to feel a little bit better or cope a little bit better with this or that. It's much more than that. It's, it's a true you know, tool for the evolution of consciousness and for the evolution of our minds into you know, becoming more and more fully human and really you know, tapping into the possibilities of this precious birth, not just half-heartedly you know, living but just fully taking this opportunity and benefiting ourselves and benefiting others. We're seeing it all in a much bigger context.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.